0: So, how much more weirdness can this world sustain before the entire mess simply implodes? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Over this past weekend and past several weeks, I read a lot of news stories from a a number of various, pretty much independent sources I've gotten to the point that I realize that most of the mainstream media is just an agenda. That news is secondary. Propaganda, to get you to believe into an agenda, is their primary function. And I'm going to share with you some stories. I'm also going to share with you some things that that are on my heart, and I I want your input. I really do. You that listen to this program, and I know there are many of you that do, many of you that write. I'm gonna be looking for some of your advice and prayers because of something that is running through the back of my mind right now. It's true we live in a very unprecedented time in our history, at least modern history, the history of the last 500 years or so, thousand years, maybe even longer we see things trying to be normalized today that would never have been normalized a decade ago two decades ago a half a century or a century ago things we accept as normal today would have been literally condemned would have been shunned would have been shocking uh, to most people we've had this war of words between of all places Disney corporation and the state of Florida Disney has gone Completely overboard Into an agenda that doesn't make Any sense Why would Why would a corporation Disney or any other Fortune 500 company I don't care if they're making cars Or soda pop Why would any company Be upset with a law that forbids teachers and individuals from talking about sexual things with kindergarten through third grade. Why is this such a a contentious issue? I I can't make any sense out of this. Why are people worried about, well, what do you mean we can't talk sex and, and our gender preferences and our sexual preferences with little kids? Can you imagine this topic Fifty years ago in, in, in nineteen seventy two being discussed at a school board meeting? <laughs> I mean, what would have happened in a typical Midwestern town, even even in a in a place like Long Island in New York? What would parents do if they heard that, well, there are teachers that want to talk about sexual things to your little child <laughs> in elementary school? Parents would have gone ballistic. But today we have eroded our moral character to the point that most people don't even pay attention any longer and I don't understand this this wokeness in companies that that jump on the bandwagon are they are they afraid of that noisy, contentious little minority of people out there that are perverted that want to induce you and bring you into their perverted world are they are they are they that afraid of a minority, a small group, and they are a small group? They're a small group with lots of money, which gives them undue influence, which makes people think that, well, half the world must be gay or something. It's not true. Half the world must have the wrong gender. the way you the way they talk about it, you'd think. And then you got, as I said yesterday, you got the morally bankrupt biden administration here in the united states they they have the audacity they have the audacity to call gender reassignment surgery health care for little children how does a little child know that i'm the wrong gender i i go back in my own my own history my own life and i'm thinking back to The first and second and third grade. What did I know about sex? Nothing really. What did anybody really understand about sex? Sexual relationships at that age. Yet somehow we have pushed sexuality out. Oh, in our television commercials, in our print media and online. I mean, it it is one of the most potent weapons used in selling advertising, and it has been that way for for many decades, to the point that it has numbed us and our conscience from right and wrong. People don't even think about it anymore. And parents that used to be more deeply involved in their children's education, well, they're too busy chasing their careers. They have their kids, and they send them off to daycare, they send them off to public schools, they send them off to camps, they send them off to all kinds of stuff. And then they, they, they try to soothe their conscience with the term quality time. That's one I started hearing in the late 80s. We don't measure the quantity of time we spend with our little children. We, we measure the quality time with our children. Yeah. School and daycare have the most of their waking hours. You have them at night at sleep for sleep and, and maybe a little bit on the weekends. Are you really the parent to that child? And during these 50 years of this process, many of these institutions like the public schools look at the children attending as their children, not your children. Let me remind you of that again. I listen to many of these educators talking today, and they refer to your children, my children, as their children. Or I should say my grandchildren, but there's this idea that the state now is the de facto parent. And I can remember back in the 1990s, and it, it was upsetting to me especially when you understand the implications of what was really meant hillary clinton who was considering her run for the united states senate as the year 2000 came and she decided because the term of bill clinton was up and she's going to run eventually for the united states senate from a state she never lived in new york yeah, real New Yorker. She's from Illinois and she lived most of uh, in Arkansas, and now she suddenly wants to remember the listening tour. It is Hillary Clinton that reminded us of something that comes out of a a tribal region and I cannot remember which nation or region in, on the continent of Africa that it takes a village to raise a child and and she used that term but not in the same way that the original people that pervade that expression meant. If you do the research, and I can remember reading this years ago from this particular group of people, parents were still the primary responsibility, but the village worked with the parent, not to, not to subject or not to overrule, but to help. And in many ways, my childhood, as a little kid, is an example of that. Let's go back to let's say like 1962 or 1963. We're talking 60 years ago. And as a little kid you might be outside doing something wrong and and a you know some somebody would notice and they would let you know you're doing wrong and they would also inform your parents. Oh yeah, that was very common in the neighborhood I lived in growing up. My parents knew their neighbors, and everybody in in a small area knew each other pretty well. And it didn't take long uh, if you did something you're not supposed to be doing for that information to get back to your house, and you'd find out about it. That's what it means when they use that term, it takes a village to raise a child. In other words... Everybody's looking out for the, for the best welfare for your child and to assist the parents in their job. They're not trying to insert it or take it over. It's not the village that makes the decision on how to raise a child. It's the village that worked hand in hand with each other. There's a huge difference. From the Hillary Clinton point of view, the village, or in this case, the government should be raising children, not parents. Parents are just temporary caregivers at a place for the kid to sleep at night. We will do the rest. We will decide what your child learns. And if you don't believe me on that one, let's go back to last year's gubernatorial race in the state of Virginia. And I think that Terry McAuliffe, who probably could have won that election in spite of everything at that point, in a very purple state, with extreme blue leanings near Washington, D.C., around Richmond and and Newport News, those, those regions, Th- those areas of Virginia, when you look at the state of Virginia, most of the counties are conservative. Most of the counties are smaller. Most of the counties tend to vote conservative. Most of those counties tend to have a higher percentage of people that attend worship services in church, But then it takes the few highly populated regions around Washington, D.C., the overbloated federal government that got too big for its its own usefulness. The founding fathers never envisioned anything like we have today in our federal government here in the United States. This was not what they expected. They never wanted career politicians. They didn't want full-time this, full-time that. They wanted most of that authority invested back in the states, not in the federal government. So a state like Virginia, you have these enclaves of large numbers of government employees pretty well well destroying the voting patterns in a state like Virginia. You know, you you look at uh, places like Loudoun County. A lot of, you know, a tremendous number of government workers and and people that their careers are dependent upon serving the needs of government. But even they couldn't handle it any longer. See, they like Democrats because Democrats keep the money flowing to keep them rich in those counties because there's all this government spending on all these government projects. And they hate the idea of a budget cut or reducing. They They, they make their living trying to extract more tax dollars out of U.S. citizens for their own benefit and gain. But even in Loudoun County, Terry McAuliffe sealed his fate when he indicated that, you know, the parents have no business knowing anything about your child's education, and they shouldn't even be asking the school board about it. You know, in other words, shut up, we'll take care of your kids. And even in, in deep cobalt blue Loudoun County, That message resonated. And Terry McAuliffe lost that election. I think even many parents are beginning to see, and there's kind of the good news. Look, I know we as a society are on this collision course, you know, for a catastrophe. There's no doubt about it. And, And the forces of evil are stronger and louder and screaming more than they ever have been before. And we have, you know, look, evil always overplays its hand. Always has, always will. And I always give the example. You know, Adolf Hitler, by the way, could have won the Second World War. But his obsession with the killing of all the Jewish people in Europe ended up being his undoing. It was bad enough he was fighting a war on two fronts, but he was also using all this manpower... And I'm not saying in a bad, when I say bad for him, not for the world. You know, he his own ego, his own hatred destroyed any chance he ever had of winning. And that's why it all collapsed. It really did. And I believe God put a curse on the country of Germany for many, many years. And, and I, th- I think that part of it still abides. That's going to be another program for another day. You think Germany will ever be the power that it once was in the 1930s as compared to other nations in Europe and the world? No, I don't think it's going to happen. I think there's going to be a long period of time that they're going to be paying a a very, very big price. But getting back to what what I'm trying to, you know, the, the idea of big government, even in Loudoun County. When it came when they heard that that they don't even have any say so in their children's lives, even even a person of of shall we say, being a democrat, socially kind of liberal in what people do and what they're allowed to do, they're not even into all this extremism. Even even all this wokeism, they kind of tolerate it. This gender discussion, they kind of tolerate it. They don't really talk about it themselves. They're not into it themselves. Let's be honest. Most of those parents in Loudon County, their kids are transgendered, though the schools are trying to make them transgendered and confused. And and is the, I don't understand it. Doesn't make any sense to me. Does it make any sense to you? Why would anybody, why would anybody want to confuse your child about their gender when they're age, oh, I don't know, five, six, or seven? They haven't even reached puberty. They haven't even finished growing. Their their brains are still developing, and they're still absorbing information, which is knowledge. And eventually, in God's time, knowledge can be applied to wisdom. They have not risen. No child that's age seven is full of wisdom. They may know a lot of things. But they are not yet wise. They haven't had the years to observe and discern and live. And so some emotional thinking of today that maybe I'm a maybe I'm a boy trapped in a girl's body or a girl trapped in a boy's body. It it, it, from my point of view is just a part of growing up. Becoming aware of who you are and the differences. How many? How many little four-year-olds know the difference between uh, themselves if they're a boy and their sister? They don't really understand all that. They just know that she's a girl for whatever that means, and and they they do things a little differently than we boys do. But they don't understand the depth of those differences, and how and this is the other problem, and how male and female complement and complete each other. Now, I'm going to get some people upset and that's all right. I don't care. I've gotten to the point that I'm old enough where I just frankly don't care what a lot of people say and think that I should believe. I don't think that any anybody outside of the parents should have any discussion with any child about sexuality, especially young children that haven't even reached puberty. I find it morally reprehensible. Reprehensible. I find it very disgusting and I find it very vile and I find it very evil. As I mentioned yesterday, I saw this story about some teachers in Florida in those really blue counties like you know Palm Beach and that region in Broward. Oh, I I'm going to have to leave my job. I need to quit woe is me, have pity on me because I can't talk about my sexuality to a a second grader. And they're upset about that. They truly are. I'm not. I think it's wonderful. I think every one of these teachers, whether they are straight or gay, doesn't matter to me, that wants to talk sexuality to little children needs to be fired from the public schools or any school. It's not the place. It's not the time and it's not their responsibility unless they are trying to, oh, shall we say, push an agenda, grab the hearts and minds of your children, our children, to make them believe things that are not within your family values. To me, it's just all a satanic plot to to destroy the role of parenthood and to deceive children. I did see a story the other day though that was a little bit encouraging that not everybody at Disney that works there believes in what this silliness is that they're that the corporate leadership is now advocating. They 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 see it as wrong. It's like what does this have to do with anything that we do here at Disney? Why is Disney pushing a cause that needs not be pushed why should they divide the public why should they anger literally close to half of the united states population for the time being this is my personal opinion you can do with it as you would like i would not buy anything or watch anything or pay for anything that has anything to do with disney right now I just wouldn't do it. And Disney also needs to remember in Florida that unlike the other theme parks around Orlando, like you know SeaWorld and uh, Universal and a few others that are there, Disney has a very, very unique uh, privilege in the state of Florida to exempt them from many of the laws and rules and regulations that everybody else in the state must abide by these were all granted back in the 1960s when, when that area near when orlando was a small town and and all that land was just you know swamp land and disney was going to develop it and and build you know the kingdom as they call it you know the the magic kingdom disney world and all the other things that go with it even their various communities nearby that they have their hands in they were granted some privileges that i'm sure that um, universal and others would love to have but now they're fighting against half of the parents in the state of florida half of the you know they're going after the children with with stupidity ignorance and evil and why are they doing it? Why are they caving into a small minority of sexually deviant people that want to talk about sexuality to little kids? Does that even sound normal? And the White House is defending the kind of things that Disney is doing, and they're thinking it's a wonderful thing. And of a little child, I mean, you've got states like Alabama, you've got other states that are, there are 30 states now that are developing legislation to say, now, wait a minute. You can't be doing gender reassignment surgery on minors that are little children and, and really just minors in to begin with. There are some people at age 16, at least back in my day, that were pretty responsible and able to do a lot of things because a lot was expected of them. They were given a good education and they were given task and responsibility. You know, so-called chores around the house, get a job, keep your grades up, plan on your future, whether it's going to be a job, a trade school or college. A lot of 16-year-olds, well, they had a lot more maturity than a lot of the 16-year-olds today. Age 14, age 13, Do you think that's a time when a child says, I know that I'm really a girl and I need to have all these puberty blocking drugs put into me and then I need to be mutilated by a surgeon to kind of resemble the fact that I might look like a girl. You're still a male because you're X and you have an X and Y chromosome. I mean, there there are certain biological facts that we are ignoring in all this. And I think these doctors and physicians and what have you that are wanting to do this are seeing the, the streams of big money. And it all comes down to the money. We heard follow the science for two years. Yeah, follow the money. Richard Levine, that's his name. He's one of the secretaries of health under Biden who goes by the name Rachel Levine, I'm sorry, I look, at this, I look at this person and what I see is a mentally ill man that believes he is a woman who has damaged his own body. And he's not the one that should be telling anybody about the quality of health or even their mental health. This person desperately needs help. But instead of getting help, he was encouraged in his mental illness. Look, the man was married for years, has children, had a wife, divorced his wife, and decided to live his life as a woman. There's nothing feminine or womanly about him. But in his deluded mind, he thinks that he's a woman. He thinks he's the first female admiral. And, and USA Today uh, made him woman of the year. How ridiculous. We're, we are encouraging madness. We are encouraging insanity. We are encouraging weirdness in ways I can't believe that we're doing. We want to infect our children with all this sexuality. We're living in a world that is going absolutely in saying. That's only. It's the only kind thing that I can possibly say. I know that today's program is just me talking to you from the heart. When I look at this stuff, and I, I I cry out, Lord, how much longer can we we put up with this? How much How much longer, guy, can you put up with this before you 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 pull the plug? And in the interim, what are we to do? How do we? survive? How do we prepare? And on the next half of the program, I'm going to be spending a lot of time on that, and, and I'm going to share some thoughts and and a couple of quick news stories. I did see one news story that did intrigue me once again. I, I mentioned this guy, uh, Yavel Noah Harari. He's got the ears and attention of of Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum, and he truly believes that once we get rid of God, then we all can be gods. What arrogance. And all we need is a, is a digital currency. All we need is a one-world government. All we need is our needs being met in a virtual world. And one of the things that he said, and I want to play a little audio clip. It's a little hard to understand, but I want you to hear this, and then I'll explain what was going on and the, and the full context. Now this, once again, is Yavel Noah Harari, and, and he is a major advisor on, of policy and, uh, to, to Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. And, and listen closely.
1: What we're talking about now is like a second industrial revolution, but the product this time will not be textiles or machines or vehicles or even weapons. The product this time will be humans themselves we are basically learning to produce bodies and minds. Bodies and minds are going to be, I think, the two main products of the next wave of all these uh, changes. Again, And if you think about it from the viewpoint of the poor, it looks terrible because throughout history, death was the great equalizer. The big consolation of the poor throughout history was that, okay, these rich people, they have it good, but they are going to die just like me. But think about a world, say, in 50 years, 100 years, where the poor people continue to die, but the rich people, in addition to all the other things they get, they also get an exemption from death. Once you really solve a problem like direct brain-computer interface, when brains and computers can interact directly, uh, for example, just, uh, just one example, that's it. That's the end of history. That's the end of biology as we know it. Nobody has a clue once, what, what will happen once you, once you solve this. Uh, if life can basically break out of the organic realm into the vastness of the inorganic realm, and you cannot even begin to imagine... What the consequences will be, because your, our imagination at present is organic.
0: What you just heard was the satanic promise of eternal life. Let me say that again. This guy, you've all know, Harari, who's got the ears and the mind of Klaus Schwab at his disposal, and the World Economic Forum that has fourteen hundred graduates of their school of thought in many of the Western world governments, including Justin Trudeau and, and many others, Macron in, in France, and many people in the United States government. That's what makes it so dangerous. And here he talks about death being the great equalizer because he is believing. Now remember, this guy is in a homosexual relationship with another guy that he lives with, so they're not going to be procreating any children unless they... I don't even want to think about adoption but once again they, they can't procreate so what they look at for their eternal life and how to live beyond is how do we meld a computer with a human being and that'll only be available to the woke and the elite and those that are chosen to have this eternal life we, we need to stop thinking of the biological we need to break out of of being a living organism that's why they think Highly of the pandemic because it can be used to get rid of the excess population that we that's going to cause global warming, climate change, crisis, manufactured crises. I might add to keep you in fear. Let them take over. After all, when we when we no longer have to. What? Why do you think? Why do you think? I believe Meta. You know this, the new name for Facebook. Why do you think? I believe. All this virtual reality has a real danger. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. If you believe in our ministry, and I got a lot to share on the other side, so you don't want to go away, by the way. I got three things you're going to want to hear. But if you can help us financially to pay for the radio airtime, would you consider writing a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, mail it to Truth to Ponder, Our address, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. And we are in Crestview. It's one word, Crestview. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, that zip code, 32536. When I come back, I'm gonna tie some really frightening things together But don't be dismayed, there actually is some good news. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. God in
2: disguise in a moment. Shalom alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now... Do you know, many times in the Bible, the Lord appeared to his people in disguise. They didn't recognize him. For instance, he appeared on the water and they thought he was a ghost. He appeared to Mary or Miriam, looking something like the gardener. He appeared to the disciples on the road to Emmaus as a stranger. The Lord in disguise. What does it mean? Something real profound. It means the Lord comes to your life in disguise and just as his own disciples didn't recognize him so chances are you've missed him again and again the lord appears in the lives of his own disciples often in disguise and they don't recognize him so the lord speaks to you in all sorts of ways and you don't realize it's actually him speaking to you because he's disguised as the radio teacher as the pastor as the friend as your conscience even as an unbeliever The Lord touches you with blessing and you don't recognize it's actually him touching you because he touched you in disguise. He touched you in the touch of your friend or in your boss and in your parent as the sunlight or a beautiful day as a smile from a stranger. He touched you. It was the Lord in disguise. The Lord saves your life and you don't realize it's him who actually saved your life through the correction of a friend or through the hurt of an enemy, through what looked like a tragedy at the time, through the wounding of truth. You see, if you belong to him, the Lord said to you, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he is with you always. And if you don't always see him or feel him, it doesn't mean he's not there. It means he is there, right by your side, in disguise. Want more? Ask for recognizing him. Now, how often do you get something offered to you? Priceless, wonderful, life-changing, and free. Here goes right now. Sapphires. It's as precious as it sounds. It's guaranteed to help you live a life of joy and victory and the incredible mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. It's priceless and it's free. How do you get it? Easy. Remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Easy. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. Call now, 1-800-YESHUA1. I invite you to join with me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA1, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Cons saying Shalom Alechem, peace be to you my friend in Messiah or HaOlam the light of the world
0: Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Tuesday. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Busy week ahead, still in Okeechobee. And uh, we'll be doing some other work all the way toward the end of the week. And I'll be giving you an update, hopefully, on the Friday program and again on Monday. Our time in Florida is going to be quickly coming to an end for the time being. And I'll be talking about some things that God has laid on my heart in in just a moment. Important things that I might add to, and and I I wanted to share them with you. Before we went to the break, I played that audio clip from from Yuval Noah Harari. Uh, He lives in Israel. Uh, As I mentioned before, he and his male partner uh, live together, and his male partner is also this guy's publicist. He's a writer and author, and he's a philosopher and whatever you want to call it. Yet, he's got the ears of many of the elites in the world. And he's preaching this weird gospel, so to speak, another gospel, of eternal life via machines. We we need to transcend away from our humanism into being non-organic. We need to be in the metaverse. And, and what I wanted to open up with for just a moment uh, on this side are the things that I'm observing, that I'm finding troubling. And I'm watching how this has been progressing for over 25 years. Now, I've been playing around with computers longer than I care to discuss. I mean, I kind of knew about some of the earlier tech, and I didn't do much with it in the 1970s because at that time in broadcasting, that kind of work that I was doing, there there wasn't as much of a need in broadcast for computers. One of the first uses that we saw were... It, what's called traffic and billing. How do you figure what commercial plays when and how do you send a bill to the person that bought the advertising? It didn't impact the engineering side much at all. It didn't impact the programming side because back then you had live announcers and and tape machines and record players or turntables. But that started to change in the 90s. And I'd already been looking deeper in the in the early 1980s of, of the promise that computers held as a tool and as a tool i have no issue with a computer we, we can do i can do editing for audio i can do editing for video much better on a computer than i could back in the old days of a razor blade a a grease pencil and and, ta- and you know and and this sticky tape to splice tape together it's a lot easier A lot faster, a lot more efficient. So computers as a tool is a a fine thing. I have no issue at all. But see, people like Yuval Noah Harari and others are beginning to talk about merging humanity into, well, technology. In other words, may the two become as one in this very unholy marriage and somehow as we shift our consciousness into machinery we can live healthier and happier lives with no issues with our you know with our bodies we we can live forever something else that he had said and i mentioned i i played this a week or so ago on the program that the day is that you know we we are going to be the new creators is what you you've all You know, Noah Harari said, we're going to be we're going to be the new creators, not from some God up in the in the clouds, but we are going to be the God of the clouds. We're going to put everything in the cloud. You know, our (laughs) person. He was talking about your humanness. Now, how do we get there? You get an old codger like me. uh, I just it doesn't appeal to me, this idea of merging with machinery. I live in the real world. I don't want to live in a fake one. Yet, that's the direction that those that I believe are in the cult of Satan are are driving us to go. Online is a tool. It's not a lifestyle. It's not where we live. We get knowledge. We get information. We can take care of work and what have you online. That's nothing wrong with that. It's like anything else. You know, it can become your God. And so what they're, what they're trying to get us toward and, and lead us toward in this, you know, fourth industrial revolution that they talk about is the melding of machine and man or mankind. And we get all this wonderful life. Well, how do you get us there? How do we get used to it? I can remember back in the 1990s as computers were progressing and, you know, we went from those black and white screens, the orange and black screens, whatever they were, you know, the old DOS days. We started getting into graphics and color. And, and even by the late 1990s, you, there were some games that worked on these very powerful DOS, DOS, DOS computers. This was before they didn't use Windows, that had some very realistic graphics. And young people were beginning to play these video games with a passion. Now, you may disagree with this, but I've read enough stories. One of the things that the Columbine shootings, remember those way back when? All of those participants in the shooting had one thing in common. They were all players of the same very violent but very realistic on-screen video game. And they were becoming bored with the game because they were winning too easy over time. In essence, it was becoming a virtual reality for them. And they they no longer could discern the difference between the real world and their virtual world. And they crossed the line. Now, a lot of people will argue with me. I have people in my own family that, that will say I'm crazy. I don't know what I'm talking about. It makes me feel better. It helps me relax. And I'm thinking, killing things and destroying things, how does that make you relax? I don't get it. And over time, I see these video games getting more and more intense, the graphics more real, and I find too many young people spending more and more hours in their virtual world than in the real world. So what's the next step? The next step, and th- th- this is what frightens me, virtual reality goggles and headphones. Now, I can see a practical use for that stuff in a flight simulator when you're learning how to fly an aircraft uh, to get a better feel and, and, and not actually crash the real airplane. You know, I, I, can see, I can see it as a tool, but not as a lifestyle. I can see it. I, I don't want to live with those goggles on all day long, all my waking hours. I don't want to live with those headphones all my waking hours. I don't, it's, not, it's not being a human being. And I see people that they can't break away from these games. They'll play hours after hour after hour. And as these games begin to use goggles and and take you out, you leave the real world for this alternate reality. And now, now you have Mark Zuckerberg, you know, a fascist book. I call it fascist book, Facebook. He's promoting they changed the name of their company from Facebook to Meta. Facebook is now a part of Meta. And they also own Instagram and a bunch of other channels and and social media platform stuff. But they're promoting what's called the metaverse, the M-E-T-A, metaverse. It's an alternate reality. And what Mark Zuckerberg is trying to convince young people today to jump on board, and the younger you are, the easier it is to bring you on board especially if you've already learned how to use your goggles in your video games and everything else, why would you ever have to leave the comfort of your home to go to work? When all you have to do in the morning is put on your goggles and put on your earphones and you log in and everybody is a virtual reality individual on a screen which is what your eyes perceive as your office space. Think about that. And all of your coworkers are suddenly in the metaverse with you. And for the next so many hours, you are living in the metaverse. And you are working in the metaverse. You're you're collaborating in the metaverse. And for many a young person just like we can confuse them with sexual disorientation and dysfunctionality we're going to be obscuring reality from from fake from counterfeit and and i believe over time what's going to happen is you know these younger people are going to want to live more in the metaverse than the real world And, and so the klaus schwabs and everybody get their way you own nothing and you'll be happy you'll be in the metaverse And we'll take care of your bills as long as you're productive. It won't take long for people to want to, instead of being confused about their gender, they're going to be confused, am I organic or am I a computer? Don't laugh. Think about it for a second. We have people that control the minds and the direction of policy in major Western governments that are trained by the same people that believe that we can live forever when we when we meld ourselves and leave our our biology behind our organic self behind and move from being an organic person to a mechanized electronic person I know it sounds far fetched but that is the world we're heading toward and these and the pandemic in my opinion you you're, you, can disagree with me all you want, was highly used by governments and by those international entities that want control over every aspect of your life. The metaverse is coming for many, and they will move from reality into the metaverse. Digital currency is coming and will move from our fake fiat currency into a fake digital currency. And be, let's be honest, we're already kind of there as it is. How many of you get the direct deposit? How many of you don't use cash or how many pay online? We're already on our way there. We, we've established a pattern for ages, and it is what it is. The Bible predicts our future. The Bible tells us what to expect. And, and just like it says in, in the book of Matthew, where Jesus talks about, and I've mentioned this several times in recent weeks, it always keeps coming back, the ten virgins, five wise, five that were foolish, five that were prepared, five that just kind of winged it and, and ran out of oil before the bridegroom came. We as Christians need to be vastly more prepared than we have been. In many ways, the pandemic proved a lot of things. How many churches had to shut down? Well, Bob, we had to shut down so people wouldn't die. People die of of Corona. That may be true to a degree, but people die every day. I've been looking at some of these numbers and remember, I worked in emergency management, and this was the eye-opener for me. And I know a funeral director or two, and some of the things they have shared with me and others that I, I read about. We, we have this this misunderstanding that we had all these excess deaths from the coronavirus. And honestly, the numbers really aren't there to back that claim up. We've been led to believe that the coronavirus alone was a killer of a million some odd people in the United States. But but vaccines don't kill. Just go back to 2018 or 2019. Let's look at the world. You had maybe 29 individuals, I think was the count that one news source had, of athletes collapsing with some kind of an issue like heart issue on the field, 29. Now, in a short amount of time, it's 600. Now, that ought, that's a 50-fold increase. What happened? And the one thing, one threat is in common. They're all vaccinated. So apparently, these are causing issues with people. I am convinced that the vaccines, the more you take them, the worse your immune system will become. The more you take it, especially in your younger years, the more damage you will do to your heart. And I just you cannot escape that reality. Countries are beginning to hide data. England was actually very forthcoming for years in the UK for these, you know, since the vaccine for this past year. And now the numbers are showing negative efficacy. In other words, if you take the vaccine, you're more likely to come down with COVID than if you didn't. You're more likely to be in the hospital. You're more likely to die. The numbers have changed. And that's why, why do you think Pfizer wanted to wait 75 years to let you know what they were telling the FDA back in early 2021 about their vaccine to get their phony uh, credibility? Uh, approved, You know, how many people think they're getting an FDA approved vaccine when, in fact, you're still getting the emergency use authorization that gives you no protection and gives you no way to sue anybody? You took this experiment willingly, but people were led to believe. And I think that the FDA and the CDC should be held accountable for the greatest fraud pep- per- perpetuated on the American people with their big press conference about Pfizer is now unapproved by the FDA vaccine. When all they did was they approved a product you cannot get and will not get because that would expose Pfizer uh, to litigation and, and lawsuits. But they they fooled enough people that ran out and got the Pfizer vaccine thinking you know, the people that just live off the headline, we thought, that's what we heard. And they, they, they see the big paper they have to sign. They don't read it. I, I just, I see all of these things coming together. And I see Christian speech being minimized. Uh, Revelation Media, they, they've put a move, a pro-life movie out. Facebook will not take their advertising but do you think Facebook would ever turn down the advertising for planned parenthood? Of course not. Double standard. The hordes from hell. The demonic spirits that walk across this earth. Look, Jesus was out there on the earth in his earthly ministry casting out devils and demons. And if, and don't ever think that they're gone. They're here. The spirit of Antichrist and those horde of demons is still working today. They are still working today. And then we had situations, like I say, the numbers have been falsified. The number of people that died of corona are really not as high as you think. I keep looking, my wife and I were talking about a friend of hers. She didn't realize it passed away back in 2000. Person was in terrible health, no longer could travel, had been in bad health for years, years. But he died of complications of Corona in his mid 80s after having life threatening illnesses you know, that he had dealt with. I know others as well. This is this is nothing new. We see it all the time. Yet we were led to believe, like those videos out of China, that young people can walk down the street, get corona and collapse and die and have to be carried away by people in hazmat suits. We, we, we were, and we have people running around with their face diapers still on, believing that that's going to make them, between my vaccine and my face diaper, I am, I am COVID proof. And the truth is not that at all. You can still come down with the virus, period. Probably more so if you are vaccinated that's what the numbers show today i'm not going to talk about that anymore but i just wanted you to understand that we live in a very unique time and when you know peter the apostle peter and the disciples were preaching jesus christ and they had the authorities the the authorities said you cannot preach jesus christ we're sending you to jail yet they would escape jail and continue to preach Remember all the lockdowns of churches and, and the hatred of, gov- uh, of mayors like Lori Lightfoot in, in Chicago to churches that dared would defy her order? Well, Peter covers it w- very well. In Acts chapter five, verse 26, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom he slew and hung on a tree. In other words, we're told by St. Paul to obey until obedience to the state goes into contradiction with God. At that point, you have to make a choice. Is the government your God or is, is God your God? Is your Christian faith what is the most important thing to you? My wife and I are really debating some things right now. Uh, we're at a crossroad. Not, not this radio show. This radio show is an entity unto itself at the moment. But it, it, before I get too old to do any more things, I mean, I don't want to be retired uh, in that extent. I want to still be active in ministry. We're looking, should I consider developing a place where people can come, like a little minor, small conference center? Maybe out, in, you know, in, in near a town, but, you know, just small. I'm not talking 100. I'm not even talking 50. I'm talking where maybe 20 or 25 people could come for a weekend. Maybe they could camp. Maybe they've got, you know, camping gear or even an RV. Should there be a place like that? Should there be like a pavilion? Maybe a chapel? A place to eat? I'm just thinking about it. And it's something that we may want to, want to pursue. I'm really praying about it. We know that, we're at a point now that god has given us some resources and is it time to transfer those resources into something like this but at my age i can't do it all alone so i don't know pray about it please i i, I just I, I miss being a regular church pastor and preaching every sunday i did that for years And I would like to have the ability of being back in a place where even if the chapel is small and the congregation is tiny, the impact we can have using audio and even video if possible to bring this message out farther, uh, to enhance this radio program, to have an opportunity to bring people together to worship, to pray, to be empowered, to be refreshed, to be restored. And that is something I think is very vitally important today. Christians need this time of, for lack of a better term, we need a time of restoration. These are difficult times ahead. And, you know, whether, you know, I don't care which way you want to believe, rapture, no rapture, is immaterial. Whether this is the Great Tribulation or a time of extreme, intense tribulation, inflation is not going away. These hordes that are coming after children and trying to sexualize them, is not going away. The vulgarity that is permeating our society is not going away. We have fewer Christians today, percentage-wise, in the United States than we had 10 years ago, 50 years ago, or any point in our history. All the surveys say That the majority of people now in the United States are non believers, unaffiliated, and care less about Easter coming up. They only care about the Easter bunny and Santa Claus, if they even care about those anymore. Christians are now in the minority, and true believers are in an extreme minority, even among those that are in the woke churches celebrating all manner of sin. Oh, yes, let's have a gay marriage. United, you know, Methodist Church and Episcopal Church, and all of them, you know, they're they've gone. They they're preaching another damnable gospel, and we need to to understand that we are living in a precarious time. The Bible explains it. We'll talk more about it this week. By the way, this is Holy Week. I'll mention more about that later. Do you believe in our ministry here at Truth to Ponder? If you do, would you consider helping us financially? If you can, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. 3248, we are in Crestview. Crestview is one word, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536. That zip code again, 32536. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. Until tomorrow, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth.